Welcome to the Explosion Network's exploration of Studio Ghibli. Each week we'll be discussing one of the films from within the library of the celebrated animation studio. This is Studio Ghibli's Animated Wonders. My name is Dylan Blight, and joining me to discuss today's animated wonder finale episode, Ashley Hobley. Hey, John, excited to be here on this very animated episode. Yeah, sure. And Kiramuch. God damn it, I forgot to bring in the goats again. Oh. (laughs) How embarrassing. It's it's so embarrassing. I forgot to. uh, Leave them on the ceiling, the window seals. It's it's quite weird. so yeah, today it is the final episode of Studio Ghibli's Animated Wonders, and what we're going to be doing for this episode is, firstly, we're going to be discussing the film The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness, which is a documentary that was directed by Mami, uh, Mami Sonata, and the cast of it is Miyazaki, Toshio, Suzuki, Suzuki, Hidaki Anno, and Asaya Takahata. Uh, came out in 2013. The synopsis for it is follows the routines of those employed at Studio Ghibli, including filmmakers Harry Miyazaki, so Takahata, and Toshio Suzuki. I keep saying, is it? Do you it's, is it's just Suzuki, Suzuki, or am I saying it's just okay. Suzuki? I'm, I'm, I'm overthinking it. It's one of those he said I'm it several it. times in the film. Yeah, yeah, I'm just overthinking. I, 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 we I, watched I, a mock documentary about them. I apologize, Suzuki-san. Uh, as they work to release two films simultaneously, The Wind Rises and The Tale of Princess K- Kaguya. Uh, my problem with that synopsis is that I, and we'll talk about it in a minute, but I feel like <laughs> the synopsis is wrong. But we're going to yeah. be discussing this movie. Uh, we're going to give our overall thoughts of it. And then we're going to use that as a kicking off point to discuss what the future of Studio Ghibli is uh, in 2020, as they do actually have a new film approaching, which got announced kind of as was recording this podcast, which is interesting. And then also we're going to discuss what the future of Studio Ghibli is when Miyazaki uh, finally retires or uh, is forced to retire, I guess is the one way to put it. Uh, And then finally, we're going to wrap up the episode by giving our final ranking list of all the studio ghibli films which just means that everyone gets angry at ash but also i'm going to put it out there now just don't interrupt when i know we you don't want to scream at him Kieran, but just let him read the fucking list it's the last episode just would we'll just let let everyone get their lists out in and then yell at them after all right so let's jump into it kingdom of dreams and madness ash what did you think of this documentary about ghibli or mostly about Miyazaki. Yeah, it was really good, really interesting to obviously see some of the process of the making of uh, The Wind Rises. Uh, It gave me a bit more of an appreciation for that film as well Um, and kind of the inner workings of uh, Studio Ghibli and their work ethic and that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah, it, it was really an interesting look and hearing Miyazaki's opinions on different things and just the general sass he was chucking at Takahata throughout the entire <laughs> movie was a, a delight. <laughs> friendly, friendly rivalry. Friendly rivalry, yeah. Uh, Karen, what do you think of this? Um, I think it was really interesting just because of how, how much of a, just a, a unique individual mm. Miyazaki really is. Like he is the most, he comes up with these really thought provoking statements 
but at the same time he is like pessimistic as fuck like <laughs> it's like this almost like this just doom and gloom about the world which is really weird considering how uplifting some of his freaking movies have been or how like quote-unquote colorful and light and full of life that his some of his movies have um to see it and then also to see just how far his environmental activism goes not just from you know it's included he's not, as, a, he's not a fake instagram yeah like it's not just the fact that he like he just features it throughout his movies to try and communicate it that way like his whole life has got that involved in that environmentalism and that's really interesting uh yeah i, I thought this was a really great movie I, 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 my, my one hate is the fact that the poster and the synopsis build it up as it's going to have a lot more Takahata yep. in their relationship, and the film is basically just all about Miyazaki and I mean, the it Rises, is about is his relationship. It is about their relationship. It has a little bit of a it. lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's not really a big criticism. It's just I feel like the, the poster and synopsis yeah. aren't quite, quite hitting the nail. I there. think is it interesting to know watching this in a world post the release of both the movies that are heavily featured with Wind Rises and Princess Kaguya, where for a lot of people, Princess Kaguya is somewhat of a masterpiece and we know it is. And, and so many people in this movie talk down, but just doubt it because of just his, um, work Takahata's work. just work ethic, um, around it and process around well, it. I'll bring this up now. Cause this is one of my, my key things I took away from watching this. Cause obviously, We've we've finished all the Ghibli films, then we've come back and watched this uh, after you know all those out. And we've also watched the the one after him and so on and so forth. But um, so in this, they keep saying that Takahata, uh, even Miyazaki's joking that you know he doesn't want to finish the movie, like he's too attached to his just no, like kind of hinting at that it's his final project, and he's too attached to it and he's unable to finish it. That is kind of interesting to look at now in a world where Miyazaki's been making um I can't remember the name of it now like what uh, what is life when it's something uh, uh, how, do, how you do you live how do you live yeah he's been making how do you live for several years now and apparently still has several years or whatever left to to complete it uh it's sort of interesting to be like maybe Miyazaki's on the similar sort of path film yeah. you know like path it's like you could see the same thing now where like if Takahata was still alive, would he be like, look, look, you don't want to finish your film now, do you? <laughs> you know, like you kind of, kind of turn one around on him. But um, other interesting points. So as to what Kieran was saying before, um, and they don't go deep on it in the film. And I, I don't think they've gone deep on it really in anything that you can read or find out about Miyazaki, but he kind of jokes about it in this, but it must be a real thing. Like he, he jokes about, he's like, Oh, so something like, you know, bipolar or like, uh, he said some, something along those, along those lines, like jokes about having, uh, some diagnosis. Um, but says it seriously, like he has got the diagnosis, but he's, he's joking about mm-hmm. it at the time. And I think when you're talking about the fact that he, um, his films are like mostly uplifting, but then when he talks, he's like super pessimistic and then he like switches and he's really like uplifting and he's like, you know, super passionate about what, people would consider positive things like environmental issues and certain political things and whatever else, but then he's like super negative about certain sorts of things, including one part where he's getting asked about the future of Ghibli and he's just like, it's just going to die or whatever. Yeah. Move on about life. It's just a name. Um, I, I think that all comes down to obviously like if he's being d- diagnosed with uh, something bipolar or something like that, 
yeah. uh, one of his actual diagnoses is. I think that's that's obviously uh, what, what we're seeing kind of happen throughout this film. And there could be an interesting direction in an alternate reality where this film kind of dives more into what makes Miyazaki tick and, and that, but that's not this film. So it, no. it's, it's fine. It's more about the pro the creative process of Miyazaki, I guess, and the overall day to day workings yeah. of it's kind of a some of the, the wall within kind of the company. Thing. Yeah. Which it was supposed to be because he retires at the end. Of course he comes out of retirement. Well, I don't think that was the plan one. from Gecko. No, that wasn't a plan from Gecko. And I guess that that's the thing. Like back in the day, if we watch this, when it came out, this this film may have hit a lot harder, different. If you actually thought that was his retiring, and we, we you, you knew he was retiring, this film would have hit harder if he actually had retired, and we were still watching it in 2020. I think you'd be like, "Wow, that's like super." But obviously, when he retires at the end, you're like, "What well, comes out of retirement, doesn't he?" So like, it's not it's not as as hard hitting as it potentially could have been. Um, Ash, was there any um, standout scenes that you want to bring up, or moments, or anything? Uh, obviously that the retirement segment where it's cut together of her reading, um, or recalling no recalling the things she said to him right before he went out and retired. Uh, intercut with like moments from all the Studio Ghibli films. That was cool. Uh, also, I I had a much more greater appreciation for Toshio Suzuki. I feel like he was a really interesting person to listen to every single time he showed up on screen throughout the film, whether he was, I think this speaking, the scene where he was talking to the new recruits to studio Ghibli, uh, and explaining like how the relationships are very important and how the people who, the people you work with will be the people who lift you up to the next level and that kind of thing, which I think is true to us very much to agree. Uh, yeah, that was all really interesting. There's one that I guess like from a, um, you definitely got the idea that as a workplace and also just from like how Miyazaki and the others that helped form the company feel, they had like, there's lots of signs and just the way they talk about things. It's not like it, I don't think they were trying to push a, like, you know, like you work hard every day, 12 hours, but it very much pushed an attitude of like, if you're not here to be passionate about something. Yeah. There was a sign like, if you've got no ideas, yeah. no passion, no, something else yeah which can just quit which can <laughs> yeah which can come across mean i guess if you read it but at the same time it i i from everything and watching that scene again it's just like they 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 formed the studio about being creative so they were only trying to gather creative minds and not people just trying to make it in the business for the sake of like eh, i fell into this job like animation you know because i'm sure there are some people like that who were like I guess maybe naturally just gifted at drawing. They just fell into that sort of job and may not actually have the passion uh, for it, I guess. I, I I don't know, but yeah. Any other scenes or? No, I mean, it all kind of blurs. I, I found it interesting that Hayao Miyazaki closed every single blind in his house. Like at nighttime. I that was, it was like, it's like an OCD thing. That's a thing. <laughs> don't, you, don't people close blinds? After pulling in no. all their goats. Like every single one in the house, like no, no natural light will come in in the morning. That's what he wants. Yeah, Karen, do you have any sense? <laughs> um, I appreciate, and I find it. I think it made me it put a big smile on my face. The when it introduced when they introduced the cat, that the Studio Ghibli cat, and it's like 
its markings on the cat are the cat that is featured heavily throughout um, Ghibli movies. So, like Muga in um, The Cat Returns and in Poppy Hill? No. The other one. Um, Whisker Away. The Cat Returns. No. no. What the fuck was no, it called? It was a- uh, Wayne something or Whisper of the Heart. Whisper, Whisper of the Heart. That's it. Thank you. Sorry. Whisper of the Heart. It's been a while. Um, it's getting there. Yeah, and Whisper of the Heart. And I think that made me smile. It's like, okay, they've brought in an actual animal that is around it, uh, is around their uh, studio. Um, I find it interesting, and it is, it'll move on to your point later with uh, Ghibli, but the quote-unquote old guard of Studio Ghibli and how kind of uh, like between Miyazaki and Suzuki mm. and, and that kind of the age in it. But also I think watching this, there's a lot of hope for Ghibli, I think. I think it, you know, even just how Miyazaki was talking about several of the younger um, animators showed a lot of, they showed a lot of promise and seemed to be, you know, those people that are going to be interested. I appreciate the childlike wonder of, I can't remember her name, uh, but Miyazaki's like right-hand woman. Um, When she was, when she was asking questions about. That was one of my favorite scenes. The end of Kiki's. (laughs) I was like, that's, I love that. I love that somebody works there still has that wonder about it wants to know more about the movies that their studio is a part of like wants to ask and wants to understand them from uh, Miyazaki because obviously at the end of the day he's the only person that has a lot of answers and 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 I think even just his response to that I found I loved it I loved (laughs) it it was so it was not only interesting in the fact of not even funny in the fact that he was like, what, do you want him to come out and say, you know, hey, I'm here? Yeah, well, I, for anyone listening who doesn't know, she, she's like, she's like, uh, why, why, doesn't the cat, he... why doesn't the cat speak at the end? Yeah, why Gigi. Why... yeah, Gigi. Why doesn't it speak? And he, he lit- I think his quote literally was like, what, like, what do you want it to say? Like, <laughs> what do you want it to say? Could it, Look what, what happens when I'm not like, around. Yeah. But then, even though, even in amongst that, um, even amongst that kind of you know flippant kind of response, he still said well, he was, you could tell he was joking. You could tell he, he was, was joking around one hundred percent. But even then, he still said something that made me think, which was something like uh, along the lines of, "Sometimes love and is just speechless. Sometimes people are just speechless in big moments. Yeah. Like it doesn't mean." That you know, it just doesn't mean that they can't show their love. It's just they don't have to put it into words. We get asked about his love life later and why he got married, and he's and, like, and, I don't know, home or whatever. And there's like, well, how, and she's the the. It's like, oh, how do you how do you know she was the one or whatever? And he's like, I don't know. They're like, what? <laughs> how do you know it was time? He's like, I don't know. It's just how these I things just work. Asked her. Like, <laughs> it's it's funny because I feel like for for some things he has like very profound answers when he like has a yes. like obviously he's has deep thoughts about yeah. something but then for other things where stuff like that where he's just like don't know it's just the way it works like he's just very mm-hmm. much like the world is life is as it is kind of thing like what he doesn't like delve deeper into something he doesn't really have uh much he's, more to he's say. such an interesting man in just terms of his personality is just so like he'd be honestly i think for me i think it'd be a hard person to be around even though he said some such things and i'd have such respect for him like he's very um like he desires excellence and yeah he doesn't well, you mink- saw the thing with the zeros that d- yes. getting other people to try and draw what he had in his mind and nobody yeah. would be able to and it was just like he doesn't mince words like i watched as a part of this i also watched another side thing about um 
his relationship with his son Goro. Goro. Um, and like how what, he walked out of his walked out how, of uh, Taylor. How he said, you know, oh, if I was, um, he's like something like along the lines of, oh, if I had told him that it was good enough for it was a good movie for a first movie, he's like, that's just flat out an insult. Like, um, which it is to be true. Like, yeah, that's what we all thought. Uh, yeah, I thought Sorry, that yeah. that scene was interesting as well. The the scene where Goro was talking to the people at Studio Ghibli, which would have been for from up on Poppy Hill. No, that would have been right? no. It would have been for this. Uh, for, for the one we're about well, to talk to. Well, we don't know. It could have been something else. That's true. Yeah. It could have been a project that fell through. Um, yeah, th- that was interesting. Also, watching Miyazaki like storyboard, like and like get his physical timer imaginable how long the scene's going to be playing his head like it took me it took me a second to work out what the fuck was going on there but then uh, i was like oh i get it like he's he's literally looking at the picture and, and like actually closing his eyes picturing the the moment play out for and then like stopping it being like okay that scene goes for 2.3 seconds or whatever yeah yeah crazy. and it's interesting crazy. like when he's and it's i think it's that same kiki scene where he's still he's talking but at the same time, he's still storyboarding and drawing and everything. Yeah. And he's like, well, it's okay. I, I've compartmentalized my brain enough that I can do these things at, different, at the same it's time. It's like, it's like that's that's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I can't think of any other. My, my, my favorite scene I was going to bring up was that, that Kiki scene just because yeah. I, I found that kind of adorable and like i think kind of summed up i guess in a lot of ways what i think <laughs> miyazaki's personality came through on the movie to me which is that he was giving these sort of funny half-ass smarty yeah. answers but joking Listen. around with her at the same time and miyazaki miyazaki's not an otaku no, no <laughs> that's like, funny he said that yeah no even when he was like they were like doing the morning exercises and he's like i don't know this version he's like, <laughs> he's, I always- like he's like this is the second one i don't know it this <laughs> <laughs> tries right yeah um overall though a really good watch i definitely feel like if you're one thing i did to this yeah. uh i enjoyed the just them talking to um what is uh hideko annoy annoy anno the, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the the voice actor, director, for, the, the voice actor from Windrises and the director of Evangelion. Yeah, they didn't tell you who he was. I feel like if you didn't know, that would it it just came yes. off a bit weird. And that's the thing, like it's, the thing is where it's like when they were talking about him for anybody who was in the nose, like oh, okay, this is how that conversation came about. That but, was cool. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's very interesting that seeing Miyazaki's see reaction, happening. like. To the idea, yeah, see, you could see his literally brain tick over, like, and he's joking see, about it first, and the yes. way he's just like, "No, actually, I'm serious now. Like, let's consider this." <laughs> yeah, no, like, he's just. It was fascinating to see him think about this and work through the the whole situation and work through the whole kind of proposition of him voicing it. It was uh, great. Them tearing up uh, in the voiceover booth, him and one of the producers as well, mm. and they're doing the final. Uh, the final scene of the wind rises as, uh, uh, as well, and mm. I guess I would take away I took from the the Anno stuff. That, that's a good point though, Ash. I didn't um because I was watching and I was like, like I know who he is as the director of that, yeah. uh, Evangelion, and but I never thought about that. That's a good point. Um, He's just so well say. known in Japan that they didn't they thought everyone. Would I know. guess that I guess maybe because he is like a w- super well known 
yeah. director. Like, and obviously animation directors in Japan are celebrity types, it's I guess. A, it's like the, if uh, he said, oh, I want Scorsese to yeah, I guess. The voice a character. You wouldn't um, have to explain. Yeah, the other thing... The other thing with that scene, though, I guess, and that comes back to something we've talked about on this, this podcast a little bit, I guess, is um, we've watched everything in Japanese. And although whenever I watch something in a foreign language, it's like you get some, I can pick up some nuance to the performance, but not enough as I could if I'm watching an English performance. Mm. And the fact that he was talking about all these other voice actors being shit, he wanted something <laughs> with this specific delivery and, you Tone. know, all that sort yep. of stuff. and. Like, I, I never really got any of that from that, you know, like, the performance. And, like, I, I feel like I'm obviously missing a little bit of uh, nuance or whatever that I'm, I may be able to pick up more if I actually understood, understood the, the language. Yeah. Understood the language. I wasn't just, like, reading the language, I guess. You know, like, yep. being s- subtitled. So, difference there. Um, it also makes me wonder if how much control pick uh, input he had for the english voiceover dub like if he was that picky for the original casting like does that mean he was that picky for the um english casting or is he just like he only cares as like he super cares about the version but then when it's the yeah the english dub he's like whatever it's not the real one yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter like I, who are you looking at um, I suspect it was just yeah. big names. Or I think it was just yeah. a big name there because I don't see any connection between <laughs> the, the the voice yeah. tones there at all. No. Um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the future Studio Ghibli then. So the the film we're talking about, the Goro Miyazaki one that got announced, um, and I don't think this had been talked about before, but it was announced early June. Um yep. It's come, so it's a rare old CG film, which is a big thing for Studio Ghibli because, of course, Miyazaki for the most most of his career was very anti CG. But he did do a short film a couple of years ago that was all CG. Yeah. So he's, he's come around. Um, it's called Aya to to make to to Majo, or Aya and the the Witch is the direct translation. But then uh, it's been called. It's based off the novel Ewig and the Witch which is yep. from author Diana Wynne-Jones, who also wrote uh, House Movie Castle. Castle. So Wikipedia says it's author. currently called Earwig and the Witch. Okay. Um, which, um, yeah, I mean, any of this could change by the time it comes out. Yeah. Who knows? Um, and it, will it come out in English this year? The answer to that, I'm going to say, is no. Because COVID, everything else, I just think there's going to be a lot of problems. However, it's supposed to be broadcast on Japan's NHK K general TV in winter 2020. There's no uh, timeline for December. a US release. December this year, yeah. apparently. Very late this year. So, And it was um, supposed to debut at Khan this year. Yeah. So in a weird so turn of events. Yeah. It's, the, the, it's interesting, though, because you know, this is my first thing with this whole thing. So Ghibli films are Disney in Japan, right? And Disney just keeps delaying their films in... Uh, US and Australia, UK, wherever. Ghibli don't shelve their film. They then just partner with a TV outlet and put it on there instead of just not putting it out. You know what I mean? Like they don't, they went like, oh, we'll sit on this for 10 years until COVID's over. Mm. We'll, we'll put it on TV and then who knows what we'll do. Um, 
so it, we've kind of gone because up until this stage when we was recording the podcast, we went from thinking there's no sign of a new Ghibli film in sight to actually <laughs> there's one coming out this year now, uh, which is kind of weird. But since we don't know, well, no, we'll go around the table. Obviously, don't know much about it. Ash, Goro Miyazaki directed old CGI animation based on a book from the same author of Howl's Movie Castle. Does that the, are you excited for that prospect? Um, I'm intrigued. I mean, it's a, it's very it's a definitely moving in a very different direction to anything they've done before. Um, the art style is unique very, uh, very cg it, yeah obviously it's cg but it has those slight it has those uh studio ghibli-esque touches to it to the character designs and that if you're thinking going into this thinking it's going to be a pixar film like design it's not um no. but yeah i'm i don't want to compare it to, to be honest, but <laughs> yeah i don't i can't think of what to compare it to really um yeah, I mean it, it's interesting. I'm I'm be interested to see how it pans out, but I if it ever comes out here straight. <laughs> I mean it'll come out eventually, but eventually. Is it this year? I'm I'm quite doubtful. Um Kieran, are you does this excite I'm not, your problems? I mean I don't know. It's it's still my biggest thing is I'm really not a fan of I've seen some of the work Coro's done for uh he's been working on a long TV running TV series. Yeah. Um, that does very similar CGI animation for it, and I'm not a huge fan of that art style. Um, but see what it is. If it's if the writing is the same kind of caliber as Howl's, I think it's definitely got a chance of being fantastic. Um, just up to Goro to see how much he really has developed as a director now. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna watch it either way, so it's fine. Mm, oh, yeah, I, of course. I, I like from up on Puppy Hill a lot more than yeah. <laughs> Tales from OFC. So it's like, let's just count that as the one shit in the bed and <laughs> move on with it. The practice one. Uh, yeah, that was the practice one. Maybe we should have practiced on something cheaper, but that's fine. <laughs> um, so let's go this though. In this film, obviously, oh, the film was just talking about the Kingdom of Dreams and Madness. Miyazaki talks about how, you know, he, he reckons Studio is just going to die. Basically, basically implying without him and Takahata, if they retire, yeah, they're done. You know, like, mm. and you could call that up himself, or you know, just playing out the facts, whatever you want to call it. That's what that's what he says. Now, obviously, Takahata passed away uh, several years ago. Sadly, Miyazaki is pr- definitely producing his last film. I, I was, mean, the, the, I will say, I was very concerned about how much he was smoking in that film. <laughs> Yeah, they. I mean, they all chuff, 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 chuff. Yeah, can't and, be good. Yeah, and it's and well, I, you know, you know got, at the end of the day, it's like they've gotten to that age, smoking that much. Fuck it, you might as well keep going at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> but I mean, it, look, brass taxes. Miyazaki's producing his last film at the moment. Um, How do you live? That's definitely his last movie. He's not going to spend. Uh, how many years on that and then have time to do how many years on that? Uh, he, he, I'm saying he's, he's dumb. I don't know. He, lo- he looks like the stubborn type. He'll keep going. What, 120 years old or something? Yep. I think so. I would agree. <laughs> seems, he seems stubborn. Like he would have to be, it seems the point where he's at the point where he needs to be, you know, it's going to take somebody dragging him out, kicking and screaming. 
that was the other thing that was interesting. The thing him saying that making movies is like suffering. Yeah, he keeps doing it. (laughs) (laughs) So he's 79 at the moment. I think he could do another one. He's only 79. Well, I don't think he can like hand animated himself to the degree that he would had would have in the past. No. Well, of course not. But he won't want to. He'll want to do everything right, himself look, first. Look, I was going to say that this is definitely his last and leads on to the next point, but let's just change the way I'm introducing the subject yeah. and say when Miyazaki eventually retires and mm. or leaves the studio, whatever you're going to put a way of wording it, mm. do you see Studio Ghibli continuing? Do you think it still works without Miyazaki there? What do they do, Ash? I think with Suzuki still there, I think it keeps going. I think he's just finding the right talent and keeping it, obviously. Um, I think it, I think it was a bit of a blow, obviously, for them with um, what is... I can't remember his Hiram- name, the... Hiramasa Yamba- Yabashi uh, moving on to create Studio Ponic um, with the the producer of Tale of Kaguga. Um Obviously, he was the other director in the rotation uh, that they could call on. So that explains why Goro's film is next. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess if he can find somebody to he thinks could step up and direct something. Uh, but I think Gilly will stay. Obviously, be something that continues forever just because of the world's characters have created. Like, even if the studio stops producing stuff, Ghibli will still be... The Ghibli Museum will still keep running and the, I'm sure the studio will still do small bits They'll and pieces, still but... sell a billion Totoros just yeah. randomly. Just in that was the film. other interesting thing, the merch thing. <laughs> Showing all the merch in the film, yeah. But yeah. I will say, that was the <laughs> impressive bit when Suzuki was talking about merch. I was like, fucking, all right, That's smart. fucking big shot businessman. You are big brain. Okay, cool. I mean, yeah, got to be switched on. Uh, what do you think, Kieran, though? How, what's the um, future? I think there's hope. I actually think there's hope. I think I think Ghibli has Ghibli has put, had left such an impression on so many people, I think it would be difficult for it to die quickly. I think there's either got to be a series of like kind of bad or failed movies, which I don't think there will be, um, for like for Ghibli to close down its doors. I think there will be more people and they'll well, move forward. They did close their doors for like a couple of years until Miyazaki came back. Well, yeah. For, for they were legit, like they retire, we're done. Like that's the like we're we're going to close up shop. Except that's why I. I, I really do wonder what they will eventually do. Because, like, they have done nothing in the past five, how many years it is since um, last Money. film. Where'd that come out? Like, early 2000, early 2000, whatever. What, 13? Something like that, maybe? I don't remember now. No, it would have been 2014. Like 15, I guess. Okay, 15 was close. So, yeah, like six years. They haven't released the film. They're going to have one out this year from Goro, but that's still not new talent. My my point is like they haven't done anything in six years to show that they're like bringing new talent to start like get the wheels churning on the next generation of that studio. And I think I guess the problem is that 
And they're a rare case where an animation studio is built solely on one person primarily, even though there's a, mm. obviously, as we've discussed, 22, 21 movies on this podcast now, um, there's a lot that aren't Miyazaki. However, the ones that everyone knows are Miyazaki. And yep. that studio is known as Miyazaki. So when you remove him, I guess I just wonder if it can, is it better can actually to, work. Is it better just, to just end it than continue on building a legacy without him? I don't know. Yeah. But I think I it sends the wrong message if you just don't try and continue. Like, for me, it's not... It just seems like it's not very Ghibli to kind of... Like Ghibli for me sounds for, sounds very Miyazaki though. <laughs> it sounds no, but the thing is, I think for me Ghibli has cultivated this world where it's okay to dream, where it's okay to think of these amazing animated wonders. Like it's okay to to be you know eternally imaginative and um, and I think it's 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 a sad thing if they have to close because you know Miyazaki leaves, if they can't find other passionate writers. Like it's yeah, it's sad. Well, I guess that's not like you won't be able to define other passionate people. The the question is like finding the right people. What like do you just do you just bring in anyone and you're just then a, an animation studio? But they wouldn't do that. So then the question becomes: What is it in a person that they're looking for that says you're telling Ghibli stories? Like you know what I mean? Like what what is the the key factor there because I, I think that's a really hard question to answer when we look back on the the past 21 movies we've talked about because there's actually quite a lot more variety to what they had across that period of time than most people are aware of like if you only watch Miyazaki stuff you have a very big idea about you know Miyazaki films who are like Miyazaki films but if you watch all of the Ghibli films like we have actually a lot more variety and weird shit in there that it's really hard to pinpoint what is the Ghibli key factor, you know, what makes a Ghibli film a Ghibli film? I don't know the answer to that question. Like what does make a Ghibli film a Ghibli film? Um, Maybe inside their own production house, they would have said, um, you know, big ideas and passion or something like that. So it's like, is that, is that all they need when they're looking for fresh blood? Is it like, we just need big ideas and, and passion at which point isn't that just any animation studio in japan mm. as well you know like isn't that just like studio ponic uh ponic or you know it's like same sort of scenario right i don't know um but yeah i guess if like we get the goro film this year miyazaki film potentially in <laughs> 2022 again wikipedia three. lists it at 2023 Okay, yeah, I was about to say 22, 23. Honestly, like, if, if we want to put our prediction hats on, based on everything I have right now, I would vote. Uh, look, let me put it this way. Let's go around table and do it this. What would you want to happen and what do you think is going to happen? Because I would like them to stay open, bring in fresh blood, continue to studio, because I think it's a big brand. There's absolute reason, no no need to do it. And I would say that the, the, the it factor is you need big ideas, passion something that stands apart from everything else that is uh you know uh, uh, you need heart in your films it's not just fucking anime weeb shit it's heart in it's heart right that's what i guess the key factor is 
But I would actually say, judged on everything we know at the moment, everything that's happening, I think they're just going to close shop once Miyazaki's filmed out. That's my prediction as of today. may change in the future, but as of today, that's what I'd say. Ash? Um, yeah, I'd like them to keep making movies. I'd like, obviously, uh, find the right people to keep the legacy alive, but I, I definitely can see them finishing up and it would be a nice like bookend based on what we've know of uh, Miyazaki's film final film. Currently one. Even yeah. the title last, last Ghibli films just told, how do you live? Yeah. <laughs> Somber affair. Um, Ash, um, Kira, sorry. Um, I guess it's hard. It's hard. I hope they can keep going. I hope they keep bringing this amazing, this amazing thing that Studio Ghibli movies have. I hope they can keep doing it. I just think the world gets a lot sadder if Ghibli isn't around anymore. It's just the case of it. And and I'd love them to just try and live on and try and like do one movie after it, at least. Just give it one movie, but to, maybe to, to, two. They did. It was the one we just talked about last last episode. <laughs> that was supposed to be the one more. We'll try. Mm. Like when they originally thought it was all over Red Rover. So we'll sign yeah. out. Uh, you know, check back in 2025. <laughs> when will it return we'll to see episode, what's happening? Yeah. We'll do one more episode. <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to have to do one more for uh, Yeah, we're the Witch. So. No, nah, we're not doing that. Can't let can't allow it. It's not old enough. No, it's not retrospective if it's released the same year. If you want to hear our thoughts on the Earwig and the Witch, uh, head on over to What Do You Want to Watch, our movie and TV uh, podcast. I'm sure we'll be talking about okay. it right there. Let's wow, wrap up okay. this episode with Good the choice. final ranking of films. Now, <laughs> who wants to go first? <laughs> who wants to? Karen, let me ask you this, Karen. Do you want to give your list first, or do you want to listen to? Do, do, would you rather sit back and just, actually just let listen the, to? Let the let the thing happen. Let okay. the correct list be listed. No, Ash from bottom to top, from twenty first to first. What is your final ranking of old Studio Ghibli films? So I have a lot of time to think about this uh, since we no, last uh, recorded. So let me hold on. Let me let me put one more asterisk on this. I know usually we rush for list. If you'd like to stop on any one key thing and like give a quick like, uh, like this is here for this reason or whatever, we'll allow it. So final. Yeah. Go ahead. 21, Tales of From Earthsea. Easy. Uh, 20, Grave of Fireflies. 19, wave, Ocean Waves. 18, My Neighbor the Yamadas. 17, The Cat Returns. 16, Castle in the Sky. 15, When Marty Was There. 14, Pompoko. 13, The Secret World of Ariadne. Uh, number 12, Only Yesterday. Number 11, From Up on Potty, Poppy Hill. Number 10, The Wind Rises. Number 9, Spirited Away. Uh, number 8, My Neighbor Totoro. Uh, number 7, Whisper of the Heart. Number 6, The Tale of Princess Kaguya. Number 5, Kiki's Delivery Service. Number 4, Porco's Rosso. Number 3, Ponyo. Number 2, How's Moving Castle. And number 1, The Undisputed Best Studio Ghibli film, Princess Mononoke. Mic drop sound. <laughs> <laughs> this is just 
It's, it's interesting. It's what um, it is. It's, it's, I it's, wish this was a video podcast. <laughs> just, just for care. Uh, that yep. is Ash's top 21 Studio Ghibli films. Karen, from 21 to 1, what are yours? <sighs> My Neighbor the Amadas, Tales of Earthsea, Only Yesterday, Ocean Waves, Pompoko, Princess Kaguya, Castle in the Sky, Arietti, Cat Returns, When Marnie Was There, Kiki's Delivery Service, Princess Mononoko, Grave of the Fireflies. I'm going to stop at Grave of the Fireflies <laughs> because... Not because... What number is this? Not because... What number? What number is it's Grave like, of the Fireflies? Uh, I don't know. It's like... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's like nine, nine or ten. Okay. And for me, so that that doesn't that number still doesn't for me show what I feel about Grave of the Fireflies. Like that movie has so much emotion in it, and Ashley's just so wrong about <laughs> it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand. Go back. It's, it's Listen to episode opinion. two. Um, <laughs> I just think if, if for whatever reason you haven't watched every movie on this list, I would just say do whatever you can to go find Grave of the Fireflies and watch yes. Grave of the Fireflies. Listen, there's a reason that it's a, that's the one that isn't available on Netflix or HBO Max at the moment. And that's a licensing reason. Dylan, how come throw you out of his list... I had to keep my mouth shut and let it happen. But when I try and discuss a movie on my list, he's here memeing all over it. If I if I knew how to control Ash memeing on anything, I would fucking muzzle him Just really some- hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'll keep going. Uh, my Neighbor Totoro, The Wind Rises, Whisper of the Heart, Porco Rosso, From Up on Poppy Hill, Ponyo, Howl's Moving Castle, and the greatest Ghibli movie of all time, Spirited Away. The, the movie that most represents the pure wonder and intrigue and narrative interest of Studio Ghibli. Spirited Away. You can't go past it. I'm sorry. You go. Karen's top 21 Studio Ghibli films. All right. Mine from 21 to 1. So at 21, I think the undisputed worst film, Tales from FC. Uh, 20. Uh, yeah, 20. Uh, Ocean Waves. 19. My Name is the Madness. 18. Cat Returns. 17. From Up on Poppy Hill. 16. Pompoko. 15. Castle in the Sky. 14. The Secret World of Ariadne. 13, Howl's Moving Castle. I feel like Howl's Moving Castle is the one I disagree with both of you the most. Clearly. The guy, I have it yeah, the lowest. So. You have it like what? You both had it like top five, right? Mine was two. Yeah. Mine was two yeah. as well. I really uh, love yeah. Howl's. Yeah. So that's yeah. just, I think it's just because I like the wonder of Howl's and I love a lot about Howl's that yeah. it's really good. It's weird because I, the only ones I feel like I, I actually dislike, I'm already past. Like, There's very Howl's, few to actively dislike. Yeah, yes, it's like 100%. it's only the bottom two. I'd say I actually dislike. Yamada's. I I wouldn't even say I, I properly dislike. Like there was like again I had some issues I, with it, but I think like we said on the episode, if we watched that in English, it might have played different. Played, but yeah, let's just comedy, do yeah. se- second season where we watch them all in English in like a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> when we run out of ideas or 
Yeah. <laughs> I'll be shy to say. We're just like, let's just watch all the Ghibli films again. It's fine. Uh, yeah. So, I, I've, yeah, it's like 13 is low, but only two of these are actually just like. Um, 12, Whisper of the Heart. 11, When Marnie Was There. 10, The Tale of Princess Kaguya. Kaguya. Uh, 9, Porco Rosso. 8, The Wind Rises. 7, Grave of the Fireflies. 6, I stopped for like a moment. Bro. 6, Kiki's Dollar Service. 5, Princess Mononoke. 4, Only Yesterday. Where do you... So, I feel like Only Yesterday is the other one where I have it like so high. And where, where I have, have... Uh, Only Yesterday is third worst for me. So, Mine's, Only Yesterday yeah. is 19. 12. You two, yeah. I was the one that was really down and bored by Only Yesterday where... I wouldn't say I dislike Only Yesterday. It was just not for me. I just find it so weird because it's like my top five is... Mm. Oh, Miyazaki bar. What is anyone else have top five that's not old Miyazaki? Uh, no, Mine's no. All. I, so I have uh, from Up on Poppy Hill in my top five, which is Goro. So technically, it's still Miyazaki. Technically, still Miyazaki. <laughs> 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 yeah. So yeah, just find it interesting. Um, three Ponyo, two Totoro, number one Spirited Away. So Spirited Away is unanimously the top studio. I mean, if you actually use stats and say that two of us have it as number one, then yes. However, I don't think Ash uses stats and he's just going to say it's (laughs) number one anyway. Um, Not number one. Listen, I look forward to you all voting on our Twitter poll as to which one is better uh, and checking out our article at (laughs) explosionnetwork.com with our full list. And points ranked. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do an overall ranking article, sure. Yeah. Um, well, that'll do it. That is the final episode of Studio Ghibli's Animated Wonder. Hope you've enjoyed listening to this limited run series from SlowChannel.com. And you can find more podcasts like this, of course, over at that their website. Let us know what you thought of the whole series on Twitter or the film, The Kingdom of... I've already forgotten the name. The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness, sorry. Um, on the Twitters as well. You can find all the Twitters by heading to Explosion Network dot com slash twitter and we will see you whenever you hear us or in two years time when we return for the english version of this here podcast boy <laughs>